folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, everybody. And by the way, uh, I think today is my show because we are going to be talking about a lot of nonsense. Yeah, that's right. As the Ambassador of Nonsense, uh, <laughs> you should just be the Ambassador uh, to the Vatican, uh, that's Maybe right. The I can sell my services the to the Vatican. Nonsense. They they um, seem to be in some kind of competition with somebody about nonsense. Yeah. Um. So I guess okay. They're planning a synod on synodality. Yeah. Uh, the in next two thousand general. What twenty three? Right. That's the next synod. That's in October of two thousand twenty three. They're. Right. Uh, they're going to have a synod on synodality. Um, and, you know, I, I just got to think, I mean, I'll just read, this is the National Catholic Register. The Vatican released a working document and handbook Tuesday for the 2023 Synod on Synodality. I, do reporters who have to write this stuff, I mean, do they snigger and eye roll while they're typing it? I certainly would be. Do they ever even look at it, I wonder? Or, do, you know, I think a lot of news places I mean, just reports off of other news, you know. But well, just typing so that alone would be like, that's stupid. What? Yeah, exactly. Let's have a um, meeting about meetings. I, can you imagine any any boss in the world if you said, hey, boss, I, I think we need to have a meeting about meetings. What a colossal waste of time. Especially yeah. when... It's not like they're going, they can't decide anything at these synods. It, the, nothing can change here. But I, you know what? It does scare me a little bit because, okay, look, let's real briefly describe what synodality means to the Catholic Church. And this was defined back in what was uh, like 2017. Because, yeah, it, I think this happened like to both of us that. independently. I said, "Okay, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna talk about this document they just put out." So we both searched for the document, and we both found a document. We didn't realize it, Except, but it had been it was the wrong, the document, wrong document that we were reading. But this we, was we found this other document that wasn't even put out by the Pope. It's put out by the International Theological Commission. Yeah. Which, if you if you'll remember, um, we talked about them a little bit. Well, I don't know if we've talked about them, but they were the ones who put out a uh, earlier document that we referenced in our podcast about the uh, uh, the census fidei of the church, um, or census fidelium fidei. What is um, that? I don't remember that. The sense of the, that sense of the faithful thing. Oh, we yeah. We talk about what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. Because so. it's slightly, it, it's. It's a concept that could be abused in so many ways. Right. And I mean, it, it it's hard to define, but uh, surprisingly, Pope Francis did kind of, uh, he did define it more or less, though. I mean, if I remember right, it was surprisingly good. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he. Or maybe it was obviously his, his not prefect by for the him. congregation for the doctrine of the faith or whatever. But whatever it was, they the document pushed back against what could have been the sort of the worst kinds of understanding of, of that. Yeah. Okay. 
That's right. Well, anyway, we read, I, we both separately read through that and prepared to talk about it. And it was in that that it really defined what synodality is or synodal. And it, I'm trying to get a good position for my mic where it's in front of me, but it's not blocking my and you monitor. Can still see the screen. Um, yeah. So, uh, synodality is not even defined in Vatican II. It's, it's a new word. But synods have always been around, and synods have always been understood to be um, councils, right? When they said yeah, synod, you know, they I, were talking about a meeting and to discuss and decide on things. I think I think it's kind of a happy accident that we both landed on this this older document, several years old from the the ITC. Um, because that it, it really uncovered what this whole, this focus on synodality is just so much navel gazing on the part of the church. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, it's like the whole church decides to, to, you know, take 20 years or, or 10 years or hopefully even fewer years, but it's like, oh, we're going to spend some time watching our belly buttons. And it, this whole thing is just blowing that out of proportion. Um, yeah, as if as if it's like the whole bath, and it's like you're just. This is such a small thing to even talk about, and it could really be summed up in a paragraph or two. But there are some there are some troubling statements in that older document, right? Um, that kind of suggests that the reason it's being used this way is to try to uh, possibly lead the church into a direction that can um, sort of break any kind of hold that tradition may have on the church. Now, the document itself uses, a you know, it it pays obeisance, um, ostensibly at least, to the church's traditions, and then it uses... Words like yeah. um, in the light of tradition and stuff like that. But um, just like in the very, uh, I'm trying to find, it's like in the very introductory paragraphs of that older document, um, it's talking about, um, what does? here we go. It's talking about the fact that the words synodal and synodality are new. And it says that, you know, for... Most of the church, the words council and synod have been pretty interchangeable and ex- explains a little bit of a distinction that um, was introduced by the Code of Canon Law of 1983. I haven't gone to read that to see what the distinction actually is that they're talking mm-hmm. about. But here's the troubling uh, sentence or uh, part says, in the theological, canonical, and pastoral literature of recent de- decades, a neologism, uh, which is a, means a new idea, has appeared. The noun synodality, a correlate of the adjective synodal, both of these deriving from the word synod. Of course, you spent a lot of time saying something obvious there. Yeah. The people speak, this, okay, this kind of, I, I almost fell off my chair when I just read this phrase. The people speak of synodality. Um, I don't know anybody who speaks of synodality except no one does. the 
you know, aging prelates of the church who are yeah, trying to all find the some way to, who to, to make the church into their vision that they had at Vatican II. But it says, uh, thus, people speak of synodality as a constitutive dimension or a constitutive dimension of the church uh, or court of the synodal church. Here's the thing. This linguistic novelty, which needs careful theological clarification, is a sign of something new that has been maturing in the ecclesial consciousness, consciousness starting from the magisterium of Vatican II. That's one of the things. This Pope talks about the magisterium of Vatican II. What's the as, magisterium as like something of Vatican II? Distinct is that something different from than the... the general magisterium of, of the church? Um, and from the lived experience of local churches and the universal church since the last council until today. Yeah, um, it it kind of, I mean, it, it it says synodality refers to the involvement and participation of the whole people of God in the life and mission of the church, while uh, collegiality defines the theological significance and the form of bishops and actions, bishops' actions and the communion of those bishops with each other in Rome. So synodality is how we the laity almost participates with the church while collegiality is how the bishops control us people and how all those bishops are united because they are commanded by rome yeah that we refer that's to the college kind of, of bishops and we that that's a that's an old term the college of bishops collegiality's always been there but you know the it's it's weird to be talking about it so much because I mean this is nothing more than than the exhortations of Saint Paul in some of his letters to the faithful about how to live and how to uh, be a um, an example. Yeah, um, yeah, both we... of for edification within the church and to those outside of the church. Um, and I think it was wasn't it. Peter's letter where he, he he said, you know, always be ready to give a, uh, you know, a reason for your belief. Um, it's, I mean, that's how the faithful live. And of course we do that by being faithful adherents to the ancient tradition of the church and so forth. But this is, here's the thing where this whole synodality uh, focus is taking us. And I think it, I think it actually goes to what we were have been talking about for a few weeks now regarding um, the um, the form of the mass because this is an interesting sentence. Uh, I'll read a couple sentences before that. So it says, okay. The ecclesiology of the people of God stresses the common dignity and mission of all the baptized in exercising the variety and ordered richness of their charisms, their vocations, and their ministries. In this context, the concept of communion expresses the profound substance of the mystery and mission of the church. In this context, the concept of communion expresses the profound substance and the mystery and mission of the church, which true up to this point. Now, here's the interesting twist. I want to go back and actually search and see if, if I am, if my, uh, you know, spidey sense, my spidey danger senses is, uh, justified here because, Here's the phrase, whose source and summit is 
the Eucharistic synaxis. Yeah, yeah I now, saw that because we just read that in Sacrosanctum Concilium. That the source and summit is the Eucharist. What this is saying is that it's the Eucharistic synaxis. Synaxis is just another term for the gathering of people to worship. Really? So this statement okay. is is Wait a minute. making that very subtle change in my my sense, and and this is where I want to go back and see if if there if we can find documents that that align more to this subtle change than with how I've always understood it. Congregation this is of the Doctrine that, of the Faith. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is quoting um, letters to the bishops of the Catholic Church on some aspects of the Church understood as communion. That's what that from uh, is quoting. Paul VI, right? Uh, or, blah, blah, blah. or it, but it's not quoting. It's just referring. to I it. thought it was. I because <clears throat> there's no direct quote. But it's got. Oh, I thought it did. Wait a minute. Oh, you're right. I'm looking at okay. paragraph yeah, six. Yeah, you're right. Okay, there are no. So I quotes. think I think the the fact like like you're kind of playing Pope with Saint John there, Paul II would have said the Eucharist yeah. is the source and summit of the Christian life and of our sacramental life and, and everything else. This is so define synaxis so again. It's a gathering of people to worship. Okay, that so is not where making we the gathering that is not our summit and it, not it, the Eucharist itself. The sum, the source and summit, but it isn't. That's that's the point. That's what. Yeah, I, I mean, God I'm, is. I'm willing to be proved wrong here, but I think I think this yeah, is a a I, subtle but big problem. I didn't see that. I didn't catch it. Um, yeah, that's a serious problem because that acts as if all of our strength comes from each other, and it doesn't. It comes from God. It's not our right. gathering that gives us strength. It's God, Jesus Christ. Wow. So, and as I read through this, I saw other, I, what I should have done is printed it out and, and uh, used a highlighter mm-hmm. um, to be able to see things to talk about. But um, Well, despite the fact that we were looking at the wrong document anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows you where this, so I think this whole synodality thing is going to, it's, I think what it's doing is refocusing um, our, our attention as a church from yeah. the sacraments to the gatherings. That's why the Pope does not want the old mass to be in use anymore. Yeah. That's why we have bishops who, uh, go into conniptions over saying the, the, the new mass even. You know, in Latin. That's also or why. Saying it ad orientum. That's also why before, uh, sending us that modu proprio, um, he did that, uh, that, what do you call it? That, uh, survey a year ago, which we did mm-hmm. talk about back then. And we, and I said, I wonder if this is, he's going to use this as an excuse to get rid of the Latin man, the Tridentine mass. Yeah. And it looks like that's kind of what happened. I don't think he really, the way he talks about us, those who love the Latin mass, the, the traditional Latin mass makes it obvious that he doesn't know us, you know? Right. Right. And, and it's possible because none of the bishops do, but I, I I have to wonder if he himself has actually ever witnessed. Yeah. 
a I, you uh, know, traditional mass. You know, I started one. looking for that. I thought, okay, has he Does ever he even, even seen any idea what he's talking about? Or is he? But you know, he's he's old enough to have, isn't he? I would. Yeah, it didn't change yeah. Till, he, okay, so he, you know, he probably attended he it as a kid. Yeah, he, he probably didn't. You know, I don't know what his childhood was like. Didn't take pay much attention back then. But I mean, I went a few times as a baby before I was, you know, old enough to, you know, be aware of it. It occurs to me that he's uh, praising um, idolatrous uh, ceremonies and allowing them in the Vatican, but he's kicking out the traditional Latin Mass. He, he the yeah. Pachamama and that whole show with them dancing around with that. Uh, idol. Yeah, that was so disgusting. He, he was okay with that. Mm-hmm. And he never, it'd be one thing if it happened and then he's like, oh, I, I had no idea. I'm sorry. But no, he, he allowed it. And then when we got rid of the idols, we being the, I guess, I don't know, the church militant, I don't, you know, that one guy that I, I think, uh, right. Taylor Marshall and Tim Gordon kind, kind of, of called on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he apologizes for that. I don't know to who. I guess to the Amazonians. I, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we're apolog- sorry we disgraced. I apologize to you pagan idol worshippers for our treatment of your idols. Yeah. Which should have just been picked up and burned to begin with. So, but, but you see, and, and this is kind of, this is why this whole thing is such BS. Because, they go into this, these, uh, like the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, I gotta find my notes here again. This handbook, um, goes into all these different things about how to have a synod and how to, and it's all about listening to the church and listening to the laity, especially, they don't say especially, but they say including. But then they keep talking about it as if they really mean to say, especially people who aren't even Catholic. Uh, we got to listen to them yeah. and hear them, and they got to be willing to listen to us. But I, when does he listen to the the traditional Catholics? When does he listen to us and say, "Hey, we've got a lot of people who have uh, who have committed to this traditional." lifestyle and the traditional calendar and the traditional mass did you did you uh read that letter sent from the uh fraternity of saint peter and all the other um traditional movements they had a no, response to his motu proprio <clears throat> and oh, okay i've heard it was this before criticized. or after because because this he... is within a last week Okay, so he, so he has, and, and I don't know if this meeting has already taken place, but he asked the heads of all these various movements, maybe only the ones with, with an ecclesial character, to, uh, yeah, I think this uh, is join afterwards. him in an audience. I think this is afterwards, because this was just like okay. within the past, uh, week. And. I haven't seen it then. Okay, they, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's sad more than anything else because uh, they're they're kind of they're bringing up a couple things and saying, "Look, if we did something to upset you, 
you tell us what it is. We submit to the church and we submit to Vatican II and all the rest. And Mm -hmm. we would like you to go easy on us and not grind us into the ground. And there's a lot of priests and nuns who have committed to these, uh, to these, uh, what do you call them? Orders and to these, these special communities. And they were, they did that with the promise from, uh, Pope Benedict the 16th that we were going to have the freedom to do this. And now people who have kind of set their whole lives up around this way of living are, we know what's coming. You're about to take it away from us. And it just kind of points out the fact that he's big old meanie for doing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and asks him not to. Um, so some podcasters have called this weak and groveling and, but I, I don't know what else, is there something else they could do? No, I mean, I think it's precisely diplomatic is what it is. Yeah. Now they the could. Way you described it. They could have, like if it were me personally, I would have said, you know what? Uh, you got the power to do this. You can be a jackass and do it, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're evil and I don't know what to say. You'll get yours eventually, but you're right. We got to do what you say. I would have left it at that, but most people say that I'm, I don't have a lot of tact and the way I say things isn't the best way to say them. So they said it their way, recognizing his authority. I, the, their only other choice is to do what, uh, Lefebvre did and no longer be part of the church or be in schism. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what people expect them to do. I mean, they, they, they want to be part of the church. Yeah. They, they don't want to be in schism. They, they don't want to leave. Yeah. Especially their, um, you know, the, the, the people that they've grown to represent yeah. in the various, uh, groups without the, the mass that they've grown to love. I mean, imagine if you're at the head of one of these orders or one of these communities, uh, you've got a lot of priests under you, maybe some nuns, a whole bunch of faithful, and you tell them, I mean, you, it might come to this very soon. You can either say, all right, we're, we got to go to the English mass. That's, that's a, we, we don't really have a choice here. Or you can say, Let's break off and form our own church, mm-hmm. like all the Protestants did. And all the people calling for that kind of thing have all the same arguments that Luther and the rest of them had. Yeah, that's right. Because right. remember, Luther wasn't starting his own church. He was just kind of correcting or preserving the real church. Trying to, uh, yeah, he was asking for reform. Same with Henry the uh, Eighth. Was oh, it the eighth? yeah. Well, his big I, thing was about the, the marriage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he wasn't, he was just claiming that he had, uh, that the Pope didn't have authority over him, but he wasn't trying to start a right. new church. He was just saying, this is the church in England. The same as the church in Rome, except we're in England. So we don't pay attention to Rome. But that's what he was doing. He was breaking off from the church. So all these other churches could break off from the church and be in mm-hmm. schism like the uh sspx but they don't want to do that i i understand that i would probably be rude about it 
and mean, maybe. Or, but yeah, I, I mean, they're what they're doing is they're, they're uh, taking the high road. They're what they're doing is, and and I think this is actually, um, you know, strategically clever as well. But they're giving the Pope absolutely no excuse for what he's done. Yeah, by not and I know, even reacting badly to it. Right. And I know people would say, well, that's why, that's why traditionalists and Christians and conservatives always lose because they are always taking the high road. Except in this one case, there's no choice. Mm-hmm. This isn't like politics where we could fight back. It's, it is what it is. If he says this is what you got to do, then we got to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and getting mean wouldn't help us at all. Oh, well. Okay, how do we get back? So you know, but here's the thing: I I I'm going to keep on that that line of thought for a little bit because I'm I'm so I'm reading from the um the preparatory document, and he's talking about uh things that we need to do in order to address the this question of synodality and that kind of stuff, and and the it lists out a few things. I'm just going to read a couple of them. Okay. Living a participative and inclusive ecclesial process that offers Okay, wait a minute. Everyone... Where are you? Are you in the handbook oh, I'm, I'm... or the preparatory no, document? No, no, the, the preparatory document okay. section, paragraph the, three. The new one that everybody's talking point. about. Yes, and these are the bullet points. It's, it's talking about, you know, it says... Uh, it, it's I talking about no things bullet that, points. You know, that we needed. The objectives that are of oh, great okay. importance for the yeah. quality of ecclesial yeah. life. Okay, so, this is a paragraph the second two. Bullet, yeah. The second bullet is living a participative and inclusive ecclesial process that offers everyone, especially those who for various reasons find themselves on the margins, the opportunity to express themselves and to be heard in order to contribute to the edification of the people of God. Well, wait a minute. Huh. Aren't the traditional mass goers, don't they fall into that? I'd say um, they fit right in there. Yeah. Uh, regenerating relation, relationships. Uh, no, 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 that one. Uh, how about recognizing and appreciating yeah, the, wealth the wealth and, and variety, variety of, of gifts. gifts and charisms that the Spirit liberally bestows for the good of the community and the benefit of the entire human family? Yeah, so, um, I mean, look at the... If you look at the hardcore loyalty to the church that you find in those traditional Latin masses who will sacrifice much in order to be part of the church versus the crowd in the Novus Ordo, more than half of them are taking, uh, contraceptives and who, oh, yeah, I, I think close to half don't even believe in the real presence, uh, where do you find a bigger variety of uh, more powerful gifts and charisms than in the traditional yeah. Latin mass? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> and, I mean, it, you know, just to follow on that theme, reading this is the old document now in, in paragraph nine, uh, it's just giving some, some you know, uh, points about yeah. synodality after Vatican II. Yeah. It says, besides, synodality is at the heart 
of the ecumenical commitment of Christians because it represents an invitation to walk together on the path towards full communion and because it offers a way of understanding and experiencing the church where legitimate differences find room in the logic of a reciprocal exchange of gifts in the light of truth, but apparently not for those who not for us. Uh, love the traditional mass. Not for us. Now, here's here's the thing. This is this is telling. Paragraph eight. I'm jumping back up a little bit. This is the old document again. The fruits of the renewal promised by Vatican II in its promotion of ecclesial communion. That, that's kind of a weird. The, the fruits of the renewal that was promised by Vatican II. Uh, in its promotion of ecclesial communion, episcopal collegiality, and thinking and acting synodally, even though it never used the word, mm-hmm. have been rich and precious. Precious. So, so first of all, Wait the a minute, which, uh, to, where are you right now? Old document, paragraph eight. Paragraph. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got that one highlighted so, too. Yeah. The the Vatican II promised a renewal. And the fruits of that renewal, according to this document, have been rich and precious. Is because is the church any, is like ballooned. Like, is there any breathing person on this earth who doesn't think that the church is in a extreme crisis of falling apart? That's what kind of I just get flabbergasted <clears throat> at this. I mean, I guess why if, if why you is consider this even it precious? That more than half of the faithful in the pews don't even believe in the real presence. That that they think that the whole point is the gathering, and that the the thing at the altar is just a piece of bread that we all go and and partake of for symbolism. Um, then yeah, I you know I guess that's that's the fruits of the renewal promised by Vatican II. Um, if just, if you want to see it that way, just take out the the. The lack of faith in the laity, the the Look bishops, at the behaviors of the bishops are got are the, the whole diddling young boys. How, how yeah? How could you possibly and think that there's been any uh, fruit, rich and precious fruit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, like, that's ridiculous. Unless that's what you consider it to be. That's that's. I mean, it, that's got to be what they're talking. This was written. Like two, three years ago, that this is not written in. Yeah, a this world isn't old stuff. All of this stuff didn't happen and and hasn't become known. We're calling it old because it wasn't yesterday, but this is only a couple years this is, ago. Oh, just a, yeah, this is just recent. Um, and and so whoever wrote this document is talking about these rich and precious fruits of a church that has become, you know, a, a joke among the rest of the world because of how badly uh its prelates have behaved and many of its faithful have lost faith and there appears to be you know the more we hear the more we're seeing also uh financial corruption throughout the entire hierarchy oh yeah yeah and that's um that's one of those things that have been easily hidden from us for decades because mm-hmm. the Vatican enjoys its own little uh, economy there that doesn't have to behave in any particular fashion. So uh, 
apparently this has been going on for a long time and to the point that there are um accusations of assassination and things like that yeah um so the the corruption is so deep and you know i i mean like you said it, it's kind of a standing joke about just the priests in the church but jokes always have truth to them that's why they're funny mm -hmm. and it's i mean when when you talk about a priest <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know what 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 cloud these guys have their heads stuck in it's it's amazing well given that they're uh into navel glazing their heads are probably stuck somewhere other than in a cloud yeah yeah <laughs> getting a real close view from the inside of their own navels <laughs> yeah so uh yeah again and it we see that over and over again the 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 fact that they want to be so open with everyone uh in paragraph 18 of the um preparatory document it says, in fact, the work of evangelization and the message of salvation would not be comprehensible without Jesus's constant openness to the widest possible audience. That whole statement is just stupid. Um, as the crowd. Huh? Jesus's openness to the widest possible audience. It wasn't Jesus's openness. It was the people seeking him. And him. he was... Telling the truth, he said he they're they're a uh, 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 how did he describe them? Uh, In fact, he had pity on them. Without a shepherd, yeah, um, yeah, it was a flock without a shepherd, they... and <clears throat> these poor people uh, have these uh, bishops. I mean, they were the high priests and stuff, but they were they were like the bishops, and they were feeding their own people to the wolves. And Jesus had yeah. pity on him. Uh, that's kind of exactly is, what's going hey, on you, now. You've got to quit sinning. You got to you got to stop doing bad things. Don't follow the examples of of the Pharisees, who were the equivalent then of the bishops. Now, yeah, it's <laughs> this whole document. It's here's so, the thing. Yeah, it's so it, bad. When it, it talks about all this, and it's like it's. It's trying to convey the message that, hey, we're going to listen to everyone. We're going to take everyone's opinion in and we're going to, uh, before we make any decisions or before we define any more what doctrine. But when you get to the more important statements, at least I have not read through the entire thing yet, but on the older document that we were reading, it it doesn't really change the fact that the people are supposed to be in communion with the bishops who lead the people and who are supposed to be, quote, pastoral. And yeah. the bishops... I mean shepherds. Pastoral have to be in shepherds, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bishops have to be in communion with Rome, with the pontiff, with the pope. Who's the vicar of Christ. So, And that's how the church is the body of Christ. Yeah. And actually it's it's more even more so than the hierarchical structure of course, it's holy communion, not our gathering for communion, 
but communion itself. But what it actually really says is that we all really have to do what the bishops say and the bishops have to do what the Pope says. Yeah. After all the talking about uh, communion and synodality and the listening and dialogue, really what it boils down to is that we have to do what the Pope says. So if the Pope says no more Latin Mass, then there's no more Latin Mass. Have you ever been... What? Yeah, go ahead. But if... I mean, I, I think... This is all in preparation for something worse. Uh, I, I think the plan here is to break away from Catholic teaching, and I don't quite know how. Like, things like, uh, gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Distributing communion to divorce and remarried. Or even to people who aren't Catholic at all. Which, apparently, that's the new thing now. Especially in Chicago. Yeah. Um I I think that's probably where this is going. Um and it's going to be one of those deals like he can he can have a document from the synod where he signs and approves but isn't necessarily saying anything from the chair of Peter. No, I don't so, even think it's I don't even think it's going to be as as um as direct as of that. In fact, it kind of puts me in mind of um the the recent heartbeat heartbeat bill in um, law in Texas, um, because I don't know if you did any reading into that law. It it doesn't um, what it what it does is it doesn't assign criminal penalties for performing or um, helping to procure abortions. Um, instead, Not criminal penalties. What it does is it allows, it establishes a legal framework that allows anybody, any person, uh, to sue anyone in Texas who performs, procures, or helps to get an abortion. Yeah. So what, what it, what you do is you've made the people of your state the enforcers of the intent of the law. Now, Take this concept and invert it and you want, you want to bring in, you want to bring in ideas to the church and make them part of the church's practical life in a way that you, you, you could not do it as Pope or the Pope along with those cardinals who want to see this done. The Holy Spirit prevents you. You know you're not going to be able to do it. So what do you do? You come up with this whole concept of synodality where everything is about pastoralness and and the the togetherness and journeying together and being together and we've got to make sure that we're all together whatever else it is we do just make sure that we stay together what does that mean don't leave anybody behind now in fact i would say that it, that what this is is looking to do is kind of turn saint paul on his head because saint paul when he wrote to the christian communities he said hey if anyone among you is not behaving like a Christian, put them out of your community. But what they're doing here is saying, wait a minute, it doesn't matter. You've got to keep everybody together. That's the important thing. We're journeying together. So whether you've got, you know, if you've got the gay guys showing up at mass and they're receiving communion together and, and the divorced and remarried are receiving communion, um, that's okay. As long as we keep everybody together, 
because that's synodal and that's pastoral. Now yeah, but he, he gets to get these things that. into the practice of the church because it's being done at local levels everywhere without him ever having to actually execute something that the Holy Spirit would prevent. Okay, so it's one of those things where, yeah, that law is still there, but we just kind of ignore it and for act pastoral like it's not reasons. There. Yeah, we, we'll, you know, we'll we'll act pastorally instead of according to the law. Um, is is a lot of time, and, and that's the thing today. Yeah. The pastoral is code word for ignoring the law, or the code, or whatever, or even morality, in order to keep somebody from having bad feelings and going away. That's, Unless that's what pastoral is code for today. Unless they love the traditional mass. Yeah. I mean, now, as long as the they're not doing that. Did you read further down into this this uh, preparatory document? I have you ever been to one of those? See, you are perhaps lucky that, uh, and and I don't know all the different places you've worked, but at big companies, it's not uncommon to have these uh, companies will hire uh, these people who specialize in um, training, like taking everybody in a company and putting them through a common training that tries to establish a sense of shared mission, or sometimes they'll take certain people and target them for special leadership training or something like that. And and so you go away, it's like, okay, you're going to spend these three days in leadership training. And so you go and, and you know, they, they do things where they give you those various personality tests and everybody, and you learn about them. And then you have various yeah. activities that you do together and you learn about styles of leadership. And then you're supposed to self-reflect and, and keep a journal and write down. Go I down know what to, you're talking about. I've never 26. had to endure it. You are lucky. Go down to paragraph 26 of this preparatory document, and I swear that what happened is the Pope went out and hired one of these companies, and this is some trite foolishness that some company came up with, because and, and all they're doing is transplanting their standard leadership training stupidity the i mean it's all nonsense and silliness and taking it and putting it into terms of the church and and these themes of synodality and that kind of stuff so like paragraph 26 is a fundamental question it says here's here's the following here's the question that guides the synod so to speak a synodal church in announcing the gospel journeys together that's in quotes how is this quote, journeying together happening today in your particular church? What oh steps gosh. does the Spirit invite us to take in order to grow in our, quote, journeying together? In order to respond, you are invited to, A, ask yourselves what experiences in your particular <laughs> church the <laughs> fundamental so question stupid. calls to mind. B, reread these experiences in greater depth. What joys did they provoke? What difficulties and obstacles have they encountered? What wounds have they brought to light? What insights <laughs> have they elicited? And then C, gather the fruits to share. Where in these experiences does the voice of the Spirit Just resound? Talk about it. What is he I've, asking of us? <laughs> I mean, and it goes on and on like that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's, it's, even, it's even more, I don't know. It's even more childish than that. It's it's more like um, 
it's like those. If you've ever been to a twelve-step group, uh, they've got you know different things where maybe somebody gives a speech or whatever, or reads from mm-hmm. a book. But to sit around in a discussion group of say five or six guys, or and and then in order to get the conversation going, they ask dumb questions like this. You know, <laughs> that's what this is like. It's. It's so dumb. This is a, this is supposed to be a document from the church. Yeah. The, the same church and, that produced people like St. Thomas Aquinas. And I know. this is so stupid. It, it, uh, paragraph 30 opens up 10 thematic nuclei to be explored. I'll just read these. They're just, they're just titles. Uh, number one, the journeying companions. Number two, listening. Number three, speaking out. This is a self-help <laughs> seminar. Number three, celebrating. Number four. Oh, number three was speaking out. Four is celebrating. Five, co-responsible in the mission. Six, wow. dialogue in church and society. The other Christian denominations, authority and participation, discerning and deciding, and forming ourselves in synodality. <laughs> this is... And that's where it ends. That's this what it is ends worse with, than a than a than a self help book. Uh, it's <laughs> it's so incredibly this juvenile. This is like this is like every every show, uh, every sitcom that has portrayed a self help seminar guy. Yeah, in all of his stupidity and and ridiculousness and childishness. This is. And, it's like did you that. ever see the uh the Malcolm in the Middle where Hal ends up leading these <laughs> self-help seminars because you know <laughs> cuz you know that it is one of the funniest episodes he yeah everybody go watch that that's how this thing kind of comes off <laughs> he 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 gets goes to one of these and he's bored and then the guy leaves and this like, lady oh. sitting there crying <laughs> And she's, and he says, well, you know, and suddenly for some reason that inspires her. So he just walks around saying, you know, you know, and he gets us really into it. It's, it's hilarious. He becomes the self-help guru. That's one of my favorite episodes. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what okay, this well, is uh, like. Maybe, it, uh, I don't know, maybe one of the cardinals or the one of the bishops at the synod will uh, speak up and say, guys, you know. <laughs> you know. And they'll all be like, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. I, I didn't even see those. I was still uh, way know, up I, at the top. You know what? Because it, there's so much fluff in here. There's so much talking that doesn't say anything. And I, <laughs> when you read past encyclicals uh and the documents of the church even um, pope saint john paul ii who who was a change in style fluffy. yeah I, actually he was better than than i think say john the 23rd or, or paul the sixth but oh, yeah. definitely a change in style versus you know say the piouses and leo the 13th yeah and so on and so forth uh but he actually meant stuff when he wrote, and he knew right. what he was saying. And it, what it wasn't he meant. page filler. It's not like this. 
dribble. But this is like, if you read some documents, you have to, you have to read each sentence and you have to know mm-hmm. what they're saying and keep it in mind as you read the next sentence. <clears throat> it yeah. actually leads somewhere. This is just fluff. You could skip most of this document and still get really know what, everything that it says. Whatever it has to give to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Because it it really offers absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um you know what? I somebody could make like I don't know, like here's the thing. You think of drama shows that are like focused on like an area like like the West Wing for example, which I've never watched, yeah. but you know. Um or comedy but not the same kind of comedy that I would be going for think of like the office yeah somebody could do a sort of a sitcom it would be more of a i don't know if sitcoms the right word but it would be comedy of like the like goings on inside the vatican yeah and you could just use the real documents and the real actions yeah, yeah you, you don't read need in the news of people coming out of it as your basis for your scripts and stuff. You and don't think, need okay, any what sat- conversations, satire. What conversations led to this? And and you would have a hilarious script. Did, did grown men actually sit at a table and talk about this and stuff? come up with this? Exactly. There's no way. There's no way grown men actually talked about this stuff. This was one person being hired to write a bunch of crap and then... Maybe here and Everybody there, else a bishop said, would be like, okay, well, yeah. maybe you should add something like this. Here's, so yeah, here's okay. what happens. 70, 30% of the people said, oh, that's so great. I love it. Uh, 40% of them said, yeah, whatever. Let me just sign it. And then another 30% said, this stuff is crap, but I don't have nearly enough time to actually say anything about it. So I'm just going to go ahead or and sign it. Or the guts. <laughs> yeah. Or the guts. Yeah. I... I cannot imagine being a part of any organization that put this in front of me and said, okay, this is, this is our, this Here, is how we're going to proceed. Give it your thumbs up. Right. And, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't even know what this, this is stupid. It's so stupid. I don't, but here's the thing. It's, it's a little bit of a relief. That we know these people are this stupid. And I, I think, I say the same thing about Democrats in office right now because there's no way they can hang on. They to can't maintain that this. Yeah. They, they, it's it not sustainable. Stupidity in on is itself. not sustainable. You know, that should be a new motto. Stupidity is not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. It's just eventually an adult has to take over, you know, yeah. or the whole thing just disappears. Mm hmm. Um, in, in China, the Chinese government took over, but I shouldn't say that that way. Um, cause I got news about it. Pope Francis is defending his, uh, decision t- to do what he, to betray all the Catholics in China. Um, oh, he's actually speaking about it now. Yeah. He, he said a little oh. bit about it. It is okay, pathetic. We'll talk about yeah, it. In we'll fact, get it's to been it in an hour. Maybe we should, uh, yeah, maybe we should this up and getting on to news. There's not much more we could say about it anyway. We could just keep giving more examples, but I know. You don't, we don't need them. They're, it's just so dumb. Yeah, you, you get it. You get it. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about, I'm sorry. I'm adjusting my microphone again. 
Let's talk about current events. And I'll, I'll go ahead and start with the Pope Francis one. Um, he defends the dialogue with China via the appointment of new Catholic bishops. When did he appoint new Catholic bishops? He gave in to the China's appointments, as far as he, I know. Yeah, the dialogue regarding the appointments of new bishops in which he told the Chinese, yeah, you, you the Chinese government, you go ahead can appoint them. Yeah, and and um, I mean the dialogue was China saying this is what you're going to do, and we'll we'll let you have this much money for doing it, and so he did it. That's the dialogue. Um, yeah, he says that uneasy dialogue is better than no dialogue at all. Well, I would say That's it is excuse. if part of your dialogue is betraying every Catholic who's ever clung to the church in in these areas where they're being persecuted. That's so evil. I just... Better than no dialogue at all. I, I mean... And compared talks with China to those with Eastern European countries during the Cold War. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Uh, oh, Eastern European pathetic. countries. Well, that is the most pathetic thing I have ever heard. Did our Pope sell out no. Eastern, Eastern European Catholics during the Cold War and say, No. Oh, okay, you governments... You can go ahead and appoint our bishops and the underground Catholics that have been holding the faith uh, under the threat of martyrdom. You know that their sacrifice doesn't matter. No, I don't think never. I don't think any past pope did that. Uh, pope John Paul II certainly didn't. I mean, he no. was very oh, strong. Oh no, boy, the... he was he. That if if there's anything else you can say about him, he was highly heavily against communism. Yeah. And we've had plenty to say about Pope John Paul II, but he did not yeah. like the communists, and he wasn't about to give in to pressure to allow communists to choose bishops. It just wasn't right. going to happen, and it never did until Pope Francis comes in and betrays all those people. And we have no idea what happened to those people now. We, have, right. we don't know what's going on over there, and we probably maybe never will. <laughs> Oh well, yeah. That was that. When I saw that, I just thought, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so the Taliban holds a military parade in Afghanistan City. Hold on, though. Uh, I, go back to that for a minute. The that Taliban, was such no, or the, the Pope, the Pope thing. Pope, yeah. The whole thing is so lame. What do you think prompted him to feel like he needed to say anything anyway? If all he was going to say was something that was so obviously lame, uh, you know what? Let me let me see if I can't find it. Is there some event that that precipitated that? Uh, this is a Reuters story. Uh, inter interview with Spanish radio network Cope broadcast on Wednesday. Oh, this was that interview he did, and they did actually ask him some good questions. So, uh, okay. He didn't give this the satisfactory said, answers to anyone. But he said the ten, ten Commandments aren't really commandments or something like that? No, no. This is an interview where he they asked him about the motu proprio. Uh, they oh, asked him about... okay. Uh, and, I mean, the, they asked him tough questions. Okay. Uh, but He probably gave similarly lame answers. What has been them. achieved so far in China was at least dialogue, some concrete things like the appointment of new bishops, slowly... But these are also steps that can be questionable, he said. Questionable? 
they're downright oh, my. evil. Oh, it's gosh, just a, yeah. I, I just... I, I don't care what you think about Pope Francis. This alone should make up your mind about the guy. Evil. Yeah. This alone says everything you need to know about him. I I know he's their pope. Yeah. I, I got to follow him as a pope. I don't have to think he's a good guy. Yeah. And I don't have to talk to about him like he's a good guy because he's a very bad guy. Yeah. Very bad. Um. Okay. So that that's why you can probably find the uh, a translation of the interview but I think it was like an hour long interview okay okay so the the Taliban holds this military parade in Afghanistan City in the parade their their parade part of the parade is our equipment to show off all the that stuff we left that, there that we left them that we left there we for them to it. use yeah we didn't even disable it we hey just guys. left we, yeah. we know you're coming out of the hills, and so you may be a little bit short on equipment when you want to choose to strike back at America. So we'll give you some Here's equipment some stuff. here. Yeah. Here's some stuff well, for that, I mean, we saw the, the helicopter flying around, and yeah, you can't just get in and fly. I mean, you have to be trained to fly those. So, right. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. This is this is Biden's presidency. This is what we're going to remember him by. Oh gosh, you know? I know. We remember Bill Clinton for. Here's the sad thing: if you say, "What do you remember Clinton for?" Everybody's got the same answer. Monica Lewinsky. But if you say, "What do you remember Carter for?" Everybody's got the same answer. It's the the, the Iran. Uh, yeah, that hostage the hostage situation. When he, he yeah. But here's the thing: what we ought to be remembering Clinton for is Waco. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's true. I just listened to a, a I, I was listening to what was it that Jimmy Akins show, and he did a two-parter on Waco. I forgot oh, about all that stuff. That's uh, interesting. And and I mean, I was in on all this stuff from the start. I always knew these things because I, yeah. I paid attention. I mean, from we the ran start. in circles. I mean, we. It enraged me. And therefore, we ran in circles of people that openly talked about all this stuff. Right. When it happened. And and I don't think he mentioned, he didn't even get to the fact that, it's my understanding, most of the agents who died, I think four altogether, I think three of them were ex-Clinton bodyguards. Oh. That's what what I remember being said. If, Mm -hmm. If that's not the truth, I stand corrected, but... Uh, I remember something three of about the four. That. I, think, I remember, yeah, there being like four had of them. information right. on Clinton, and it's almost like they or were sacrificed. Have had. Not, yeah. yeah, right. Well, yeah. So anyway, it's just that what we're going to remember, starting what we're going to remember Biden for is the Taliban, because I I think things are going to get. Do even you worse. think it's possible? I I mean. Look at what's going on now. Is it possible even in you know given 3 years for him to top this level of uh incompetence and incompetence I, I, and buffoonery? I I think it is. I mean, I shudder to think what other things might be lying in wait over the next 3 years. Look, for us. we just we just uh 
we backed out of there and we let them know that there, there's kind of no consequences for anything anymore in the Eastern world. So I think we're going to hit, I think we're going to get hit with terrorism again. And it's going to be funded not just by oil. It's yeah. going to be funded by China. Yeah, that's China's too. already making nice with the Afghans. Yeah. So, I, I, so some bad like, things oh, okay, are coming. Yeah, and we've got to... You know, I don't, the I don't Saudi know what... Arabian princes will funnel some money to some of those, you know, terrorist groups. That's why I say... But I, China, I mean, they'll just openly give and they won't care. The, Nobody's going to invoke any kind of economic sanctions against China. Nobody's got the guts to do that. The incompetence of the left is such that they're not going to be in power very long. They can't be. Well, but but the that means either we're going to take over again power, or China takes over. There might not be anything to be in power of for very <laughs> right. long. Right. That's, yeah, that's the sad part. And they don't see it. They don't realize it. They're that stupid. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is, an, <laughs> this is one where yeah. there, there really is some stupidity going on. We we question that with our bishops, but but there's a lot of stupidity on the left. Yeah. Um, oil spill in Syria. And Syria's oh, really? largest refinery continues to spread across the Mediterranean Sea. Um, wow. A tank containing 15,000 tons of fuel began to leak on August 23rd. I didn't know about it. Um, satellite imagery indicates that the spill covers an area of around 800 square kilometers. So the let's let's compare that with the Valdez. Hold on, real quick. I'm while you were saying that, I decided to go and look up the because you remember the Valdez oil spill in the Gulf, uh, um, the no, Exxon's. I, uh, I know oil that tanker, the Valdez. I was pretty young. I just remember that everybody hates Exxon from now on. <laughs> the Exxon was. I mean, I don't know why they didn't change their name. It was they were universally hated. If you wanted yeah, to demonstrate corporate evil, you talked about Exxon even more than Enron. Here, yeah, yeah, Enron was was just financial. Exxon was environmental. That was a different thing. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't in the Gulf. It was in, it was up in um, around Alaska. Okay, so okay, they're saying okay. So so you gave it in terms of tons. Well, no, the tank contains fifteen thousand tons. But how much actually I, spilled? They're not saying how much is spilled yet. Okay, let's. Okay, hold on. But they are saying the spill covers an area of eight hundred square kilometers. Eight hundred square kilometers. Yeah. Okay, so one ton is forty-two gallons. So almost five hundred square miles. So okay. To give people a sense of perspective, the vault. So the this tank contains fifteen million Thousand. tons. You said Thousand Thousand. tons. Okay, hold on. This this seems one ton equals forty two U.S. gallons is what I'm reading here. So you take the Valdez spill was. 11 million gallons that's 261,000 tons 
And you're saying this one was 15,000? Yeah. The Valdez spill was 17,000 times as much as the amount in this one tank. This is a minor spill compared to the Yeah, Valdez this is tank. a minor spill. You know what? I'm looking at a uh, at the uh, satellite imagery. It's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's big, but we're talking about the Mediterranean cause, you know, Sea. Yuckiness. Not... Part of it is that it is the the Mediterranean Sea. Um, I don't I don't know what the Mediterranean's various pathways to the the main ocean are, but um, it'll it'll kind of become part of the content of the sea for a while. But, right, but yeah, com- but I, comparatively, I I, it's not that significant. It's my understanding the Mediterranean Sea is very active. Oh, okay, and Yo, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think I think this will clean up rather quickly on its own. I mean, I know it makes a mess. The beaches. I, I don't think that mess lasts a real long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it does, but I. If it did, then how come? Well, not all the beaches are covered in oil. You know, I mean, it. it well, there it's there a were a lot natural of, product anyway. The, well, yeah, but but it's it's there were a lot of um, cleanup activities. Do um, what do they do d- to deter- clean that stuff up? Detergents that break it down and stuff like and, and allow yeah. nature to then clean it up and yeah, stuff they like that. they. Uh, Use some kind of enzyme, I think, to get yeah. the oil to break down faster. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, so, uh, it's, it's a, spill. a big old mess it in the Mediterranean with, Sea right now. But yeah, yeah, it's not going to ruin the Mediterranean. Right. Uh, U.S. Department of Justice gets its fiftieth guilty plea in the criminal investigation. First of all, some of these pleas are so stupid and moronic that anyone would plead guilty just so they could pay the $200 fine and go home. But this is the January 6th thing. Yeah. Let's, but aside from that, the fact that these guys are being tortured. Yeah. I mean, these people are in isolation over the stupidest idiotic. You'll plead guilty to anything sometimes to get out of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a shame that there's not going to be justice here. Yeah. And that, and it's, it is a shame because it has become obvious that under Clinton and then and then uh, Obama, they have together successfully even even eight years of, of Bush Jr. couldn't undo this. And I don't know if maybe he didn't even have a little, you know, he, he maybe didn't even care to undo it. But they have yeah. successfully turned the Justice Department into an enforcement arm for the left. Right, yeah, it's it's just and it, and it, and they could do what they want, and they did what they wanted in Russia, and they do what they want in China, and um, man, I'm I'm taken back to Waco, seventy uh, something people killed, women, children, yeah, and and there was no justice, nobody. Somebody should have lost their head. the The guy in charge of negotiations, they kept their jobs. Yeah. Why? Why at the Department why of Justice? That? Why weren't they let go? That at least let go. They should have gone to jail. They should have been put to death. Yeah. But yeah, there should oh have been well. a. It's it's sad that these kinds of things happen. But you know, this is life, and it's happened like this all through history. 
bad people do bad things and get away. Their judge is going to be God and uh, future generations when they look back on this. Wow, these people were wicked. But yeah, they don't care. It's kind of funny as people are people are so willing to see the bad of previous generations, but not in their own generation. Right. Yeah. Um, So there's protests across Greece in front of hospitals to uh, oppose the uh, vaccination, the forced vaccinations, which takes effect today um, and could end up in the dismissal of 10,000 workers who refuse to get vaccinated. Yeah. I hope they hang in there. Me too. I hope they stick to their guns. And I hope that... you have New York that... in your uh, story list? No. What happened? Uh, was there some stuff in New York for the vaccination? I think New York is, is becoming the first... I don't I don't know if it's the state of New York or the city. I don't know if it, uh, which which you know entity it is. But yeah. uh, the first to broadly require people to carry a proof of vaccine... In order to go into restaurants and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's. I don't. This is this is the way we're headed. I, either we can enough people protest, we can put a stop to it. But I, when I saw it's everybody so show up with a mask, I realized I don't think anyone's going to fight. Not enough people. Yeah. People gave in it's, so quickly to the mask mandates. And it's just, and well, I, yeah, but in the vaccine, though, it's just so stupid because everybody acknowledges that the vaccine doesn't work. Otherwise, you wouldn't need the mask. everybody knows that the vaccine that doesn't work is for a sickness that most people get without even realizing they have. Yeah. A virus that they get without realizing they have because they don't get sick. And even those who do get sick, most of them recover. And so you've got an ineffective vaccine for a dud of a killer virus. And I don't mean to minimize those, you know, who, who truly suffer from it. But as a as a public health issue, it's just so stupid that people would be so focused on this and, and want to have mandate, mandates and stuff. Yeah. It's, um, but it's, I mean, what do you say? It is what it is. And it's, it's just, I, I really think, I really think this is a failure of the church. Yeah. The church stopped teaching people. And I, I don't, this ended with a lot of people getting really stupid. I don't think this could have happened in the 50s. And it's not because people were brave. It's because people people had a little bit of common sense. They were just, yeah, smarter. People were catechized. <laughs> and it's just, it's not there anymore. You didn't and have I, anybody in the 50s who said that mathematics and logic are racist. That's the yeah, stupidity that, of today. And it, under that stupidity, we have vaccine mandates. Yeah. No, I'm looking... Okay, Patrick Coffin. Mm-hmm. I listen to his... Uh, podcasts all the time, and he's always talking about a place to go with um, information about COVID. And whenever I'm 
listening to it, I'm driving and I can't go there. Except one time I tried to go to that website and I was not able to get to the website. Oh, really? So I mean, it just it I it wouldn't and it was something culture, I think. I can't But see, now I'm looking at his name, I'm looking at his website and there are no links to whatever it is I'm talking about. Every single uh, podcast, he talks about a website, and I don't know what that is, and there's no links to it on his... Uh, like, not not even at the bottom of the yeah. page for the website and stuff? You know, I'll you look for resources. Because I, I, hmm. this is bugging me, because I want to find out, because we're talking about COVID and all this stuff, and I wanted to give a shout-out to this uh, website that apparently has all these... Uh, resources but guess what i can't find them mm. i don't know i don't know he doesn't even list it on his own um website he's not, he's not putting the right show notes or whatever yeah it's it i don't restore the culture.com that's what it is oh okay that's there's the a lot of good stuff for. on restore the culture.com uh, a lot of speakers a lot of doctors a lot of information that you can get on COVID, on the lockdown, on the masks, and especially so were you able on the to vaccine. Get to it? Yeah, I was able to get to it. I couldn't get to it a, on my uh, on I'm my iPhone. 404. You got a 404 at RestoreTheCulture.com. Let me type it back in. R-E-S-T-O-R-E. In fact, I'll do the whole thing. HTTPS. Restore, R-E-S-T-O-R-E, the culture, C-U-L-T-U-R-E, dot com slash yep okay no www or anything yep for, for error 404 destination oh, no. everything's working on our side so the link you clicked is either wrong or has been retired you sure it's not like www dot i have uh the exact url i'm using seeing is https colon slash slash www dot com it's got okay, well, www dot why wouldn't the regular one? Why work. wouldn't their uh, webmaster take care of something? That's retarded. How could they make that big of a mistake? Because a lot of people don't even realize that is a mistake. Okay, but he's got professional web designers here, doesn't he? Now, do you think this is Patrick Coffin's site or something somebody else put up? I like, think this. I, I think he's the biggest part of this. I think this is his. Uh, maybe, but like I'm, I mean, whoever. Maybe he, not. He's, Maybe not. Okay. Even if it is, he's probably like using a nephew or something as his webmaster. No, this is professionally done. Okay. Yeah, this is copyrights by Patrick Coffin Media LLC. This is his site. How could he make that big of a mistake? It's got a ton of people on here, doesn't it? Yeah. It's and it's he could probably triple his uh, traffic just by fixing that mistake. Yeah. Good point. Unless, well, I don't know. I I mean, most of the time, it just forwards when you don't have the WW. People don't usually type it in like I did. Right. Nobody types in. People just type in RestoreTheCulture.com, and whether I put the WWW in or not, it'll go there. All of my sites, you you can insert or leave out the WWW. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, most most browsers these days, you type something in the um, in the URL bar, 
and they'll treat yeah. it as a search and they'll throw it at yeah. Google. I always disable that in my browsers. If I type something in the URL bar, I want them to go to the specific site that I typed. And well, if I want to do a Google search, I'll type Google and go there first. The only time I get a search out of that is when I'm not typing in a website. A but if I type in yeah. a website, I, not even a whole URL, just www.com, something.com, mm-hmm. it will yeah. go to that.com. And yeah, it'll add an HTTPS. have the rollover to the www. It's a... He, he might think everybody's working against him on this, and maybe they're not. Maybe he's just doesn't. Maybe somebody just forgot to add that. Somebody's got to know this. Somebody tell him <laughs> if anyone somebody, has any. Yeah, somebody, anybody who 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 Patrick Coffin might actually read your email or your post or your comment or something. Send send something. Tell him cool this is a that. really dumb mistake. All right, kind of a, a rookie um, mistake in in web. Uh, yeah, administration. Yeah. Okay. Where are we? So we were talking about Greece. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I'm going to interrupt you again. The whole uh, the whole woke culture thing and and everybody's getting rid of the word master everywhere. Uh, uh wh- what did they webmaster? replace webmaster with? I didn't. Uh, who's replacing master? What's wrong with master? Oh gosh, yeah. Every, because like for example, in. Um, in uh, both electronics and computers, there's a concept of master-slave. And so, the, oh, no, 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 no. we, we got to call it client-server no. now. We can't be master-slave. Or like uh, on, on um, GitHub, all these companies are saying, no, we can't call our main branch master anymore. We got to call it main now because master is a hearkening to, you know, the antebellum American South thing. Um, hmm. And, but, and I and didn't I, even know this stuff. There's oh yeah, there's 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 this whole I still movement call to masters do. and slaves. Um, Uncle Ben's rice is. Uh, well, I knew I that what they did. Yeah, but you know Uncle Ben because yeah, a black but guy. master. I've never heard of master being. Yeah, uh, eliminated like like you have a master clutch and a slave uh, yeah, clutch. So you got uh, yeah, but you know your transmission. I know, uh, but you know what that's. Boost. Actually, you Not know, boost. automotive companies are getting. Uh, I bet. I bet if you go look in in twenty twenty two service manuals, master cylinder. Yeah, master. I'll bet cylinder. it's still called a master cylinder. I don't know. You, you go and look in twenty twenty two service manuals. I bet they're calling it a main cylinder. I'll look it up for the next round of cars that are coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, no more master cylinders. <laughs> okay. Anyway, as far sorry, as I know, they're still called webmasters. We're, we're called web webmasters. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Fifty people are killed so far by flash flooding and tornadoes in oh. New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, and New Jersey. As this is the remnant of Ida passing over northeastern U.S. Wow. So a lot of. I don't think we we didn't get hit with it. We didn't get I don't anything, think so. did we? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, in Ohio, we didn't get anything mm-hmm. that I know of, unless it was just so small by the time it got to us that we didn't notice. <laughs> I heard Biden referred to it as a tornado. Really? Yeah. Well, apparently, yeah. it's it, Bro, the way this Biden called it a tornado. He's and then he said tornado well, they don't call it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the way this 
headline is worded, it it makes me think that tornadoes are coming out of this of the uh, Idaho. Oh, that's remnants. not uncommon. Yeah. Okay. That, that's very common. Okay. Um, Twelve people are dead in the Congo following a toxic leak from a massive diamond mine in Angola. Wow. Uh, 4,500 people are sick. So there's some kind of leak, but it doesn't tell me what. Uh, and it's from a diamond mine. Is there that much toxic waste in a diamond mine? What? They have 4,500 the people. Process produced any toxic waste. You know, but I, you, you know, maybe it, maybe it leaks into a river and or something. This is in the Congo. So, um, maybe they don't have very good, you know, water facilities. So if it floods the river, people are drinking the water and that's why everybody's sick. Yeah. But what, where does the toxic waste come from, from the mining pro? I guess maybe, maybe yeah, they, if they use explosives or something that, that have toxins in them. Yeah. Or like some to some, to like, uh, make the, make the ground, the dirt or the rock more like it kind of yeah, so it's easier wears to away pull the diamonds out or whatever. I yeah. don't know. I, I know nothing about mining diamonds. Yeah. Except that some people hey. think that it's that the ways that all the diamond companies do it are um, somewhat wanting when it comes to ethics. Which maybe, maybe I don't. I, I, don't I think I don't know. I would never pay money for a diamond. They yeah, just make I, up those prices. It's not like gold where we have some kind of limit. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, whatever yeah, they want yeah, to charge. That's what they charge. Are artificially rare. That's true. Yeah. Um, Cardinal McCarrick pleads he's not back guilty. In the news? He pleads not he's, guilty. He went in and faced charges in Massachusetts. Is this for because before we heard about he was just diddling young priests, but then recently there were these these charges concerning underage. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so this is a 16-year-old boy in Massachusetts, uh, and the statute of limitations paused when he left the state, so mm-hmm. he could still be charged, and he okay. he pled not guilty. Okay. It says 16-year-old boy. Last time I read, it said 14-year-old boy. Huh. I don't know. I don't, Nobody's got their facts straight on this. I think yeah. even last time I got my facts wrong. I can't. I corrected them, but I think I started out talking about it in the wrong way. Uh, 17 people are killed during floods. And a, a hospital actually flooded in Mexico. And seven people, 17 people died in that. This is not from Ida. This is just heavy just rain. flooding. Yeah. Which yeah. has been happening at a few places in the world. Yeah. Oh. The German government calls on Russia to seize its cyber attack operations. Uh, Those accused are believed to be cyber actors of the Russian state and specifically from the GRU. And the the German government is saying, please stop. We can't take it. But the thing is, the attacks are all phishing attacks. They're just fishes? They're not like like denial of service? Why don't they just not, not... don't click on them. They're not like cyber ransom. Dumbass. Yeah, it just says uh, alleging phishing attacks against members of the uh, Bundestag. 
I don't know what the Bundestag is. Probably like some kind of government thing. Uh, maybe but, the German version of Parliament or something. Uh, why? All they got to do is just like not not click on the. <laughs> Everybody's taught that from a very early age, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't click on things. If you don't know what it is, then don't click on it. But apparently, um, in Germany, they don't know any better. So they keep they keep clicking on all this stuff. And, <laughs> and, so and they're the asking Russia, Hey, please stop sending our fishing. Please stop. Please stop fishing us. Our people are too stupid to not click on your links and fill in their passwords. And Oh, my. That's, that's something else. That is something else. That's just sad. That's that's Biden embarrassing. Yeah. You know? That's almost, expect almost Biden to do say, that. hey, you know, Russians just keep sending those phishing out and, and we'll let yeah. we'll let uh cyber Darwinism uh, run its course. Yeah, yeah. And it's like Biden Quit sending me those pornography viruses. <laughs> he said that? No, I just, <laughs> but he would. He, yeah. <laughs> well, he's the one who told the Russians. Was was it the Russians? He yeah. Said, he gave okay. a, a list of companies. List, Will you well, not attack these companies or don't attack organizations? These <laughs> you can attack the others. <laughs> this is stupid. I don't. Ah, gosh. Uh, around three to five hundred. Protesters, including women, took to the streets in uh, Kabul. Uh, the Taliban used okay. gunfire to and beatings to disperse the crowds. Hey, the time for protesting's over. You should have picked up arms and fought them. It's done now. It's a done yeah. deal. Yeah. Should have organized. I don't know. I, I can't. It's hard to blame citizens, but I, I, I mean, armies are made up of citizens, so. Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough one because it's yeah we we kind of we know, set the United States kind of yeah. set them up for that kind of failure. Yeah, uh, I guess Jason Miller's former Trump campaign advisor was uh, at a CPAC event in Brazil, and he was detained by the uh, authorities there. Um, yeah. For a couple hours, questioned because there's a lot of there's a lot of fighting in Brazil between oh. the uh, conservatives and the liberals, and I guess right now the liberals are winning. So if someone's too Control conservative, the they can then get picked up and detained for a while. Be that way here soon. Uh, yeah. Well, that's all I got. All right. I don't have very much this week. Um, in fact, I have. Two, I've got four things, and two of them are actually uh, my own stories instead of news links. So, uh, first is from my wife, uh, one of her colleagues. Um, and for those who are listening who don't know, my wife is an audiologist. And so, one another, of her, it's not one a of person. It's it's not a faker okay. story. No, this is, okay. <laughs> this is so weird. So. Um, audiologist is uh you know the person is they, they do it there's a test that they do that can kind of determine whether they've got like a a wax impaction um which would prevent a valid te- you know hearing test and stuff like that 
And so anyway, they they found that and and they said, okay, we probably need to get this wax. And they're looking in the ear, and she sees all of this like black stuff in the ear, and she's like, oh my, this you know is this like fungus or what? And so she's asking the patient, a woman, um, do you have like real itchy ears or something like that, or you know, have you been told that you've got a, a fungus problem or anything? She said, no, no, no. So. She says, okay, well, we won't be able to test you, but I've got to refer you to your um, physician to have this looked at and see what this is. Cause... So anyway, she sends her home. She's setting her up with her physician, and she reached out, and, and she was asking her a few more questions about it. And then at one point, the woman says, um, do you think this could have anything to do with the coffee grounds I put in my ear? The what? The coffee grounds? Coffee grounds? grounds? Apparently, she put coffee grounds in her ear. <laughs> apparently, she thought dumping coffee grounds in. Actually, the way she said it was, "Do you think this could be, be because I cleaned my ear out with coffee?" Apparently, she thought putting coffee grounds in her ear was the way to get the the wax to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> How could anyone ever? That's so. Well, we've been talking about stupid things all day. This but is the woman that, when she was in grade school, uh, kids pretending to be her friends um, told her that they had a treat for her and she should close her eyes and open her mouth. Yeah, yeah. And she did it. <laughs> and she did it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I mean, I, I every now and then I get a wax buildup and... For a long time, I would put in a little bit of water and hydrogen peroxide, let it sit there for a half hour, then turn over, then do it again. I had so much trouble unclogging my ears. Mm-hmm. And then my son, Sam, was having that trouble from a very early age. And we'd take him to the doctor. The doctor would clear it out, and it would take about five minutes. And then... Uh, the doctor's like, you can do this yourself. And he told me about the ear elephant. Or maybe it's elephant ear. It's a product. But uh-huh. it's a spray bottle. And it's got a little nozzle on it. And you put it in your ear. And you just start squeezing it. Does it flush? And, oh my gosh. Through? I mean, like, like I'll, what do you put, I'll do it what for do you the put kids. In the nozzle? Uh, it's, a, it's like a it's spray like a, bottle. And you put hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide, peroxide, alcohol, and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, three parts, one third of each. You want to be careful with the alcohol. Yeah. Certain kinds of alcohol can dissolve the eardrum. Your actual eardrum, really? Yes. Well, maybe I'll just skip that from now on. But I'll, I see <laughs> in the uh, that's the d- direction. Say, I know that Debrox, the the um, the commercial product, is like a mixture of hydrogen peroxide and I don't know, like some kind of oil or something like that. Well, I think the oil anyway. just to get it to stay around longer. But okay, no, I've never heard of that. That's that's a cool thing. So it's called ear elephant or elephant ear, and you mm-hmm. can find it on Amazon for like fifteen bucks. Probably I mean, ear I'll, elephant because like the elephants, like like you know how the elephants will squirt water out of their trunks. Yeah, I bet it's yeah, ear probably, elephant. Okay, yeah. So it, but it, I mean, I would it, it would take me like a minute maybe, and I would get chunks like the size of a almost the size of a grape sometimes wow. out of 
the kids' ears. Because, like, two of my kids have a bad problem with wax buildup. Yeah. And they'll be like, Dad, I can't hear, and I have to do this thing, and then they can hear again. Huh. But if they go too long without asking me to do it, they get ear infections. But mm-hmm. uh, ear elephant or elephant ear, it's an amazing thing. And Look it, it saved me at least 20 trips to the doctor to get the kids' ears cleared out. Cool. Cool. Yes. But <laughs> not coffee. Just don't. <laughs> don't put coffee grounds you in your ear. You don't use coffee grounds in your ear. See, when and you said use... black, I was thinking blood. Usually dried, <laughs> dried up blood, blood looks black. Uh, black mold. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I would yeah, think maybe she's cleaning blood, her ears and most, she scrapes uh, them. Likely and obvious. <laughs> But coffee, anyway, that's a new one. Yeah, it's definitely okay. a new one. Okay, so this one is just kind of funny. I don't know if I told you that. I might have just told you this story uh, just because it's funny. But um, so I've got some grandkids who are living in Vancouver, and I was up to visit them. And for some reason, we ended up in this general store. There was something we were. I think we were trying to get. Like, my wife had one of those new iPhones that, that don't have the regular thing to plug in earphones. And we were trying to find um, oh, the right yeah, adapter for that it. or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, That's so there's, like, the hardware department and then the sort of um, pet and garden department. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got these bags of bird seed. <laughs> so my okay. grandson picked up a bag of bird seed. I just love the fact that he was able to do this with a completely straight face. He walked up to the guy who's working there and he says, what kind of birds will this grow? (laughs) Bird seed. That's right. (laughs) And the guy starts explaining, he's like, well, you have to already have a bird. (laughs) That's the kind of line that like... Like, if I were a single guy and there was a girl at the counter, that would be a good opening line. That would, <laughs> that would be you know? a good pickup line, yeah. That'd be a right. great opening line. <laughs> I never had any good opening lines with girls. I just, I gave up at an early age, and it's not, like, every now and then I would think one up, and then I would try it, and it was like, well, that was just dumb. That didn't work at all. I think that would be a good one. What kind of birds does this grow? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, speaking of birds and following along that same uh, theme, <clears throat> these birds are not eating seeds. Instead, uh, I guess they're kind of heroes in New York. Um, somebody caught a, uh, I don't know if they caught a video or just a picture of this this uh, heron eating a rat. And of course, you a know, what? New York is one of those places with rat problems. What is a heron? A heron is like a... Think of like a crane. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. we get... Okay, we see those down at camp. And it kind of... Oh, okay. Rat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great blue heron uh, eating a... Pulling wait a minute. It's in the water. It's pulling it out of the water. Lift the rat once killed out of the water and swallow it. Um, I don't know if it was like already dead in the water or if it found it and killed it. Um, That's disgusting. Maybe it was just like laying in the water and it picked it up. Yeah. Uh, Same article says that last year somebody caught one on camera eating a baby alligator. (laughs) I guess these herons are pretty serious carnivores, aren't they? 
Yeah, I guess so. He just swallows the thing whole. And it's like you can see the lump in his neck. Did you ever yeah. feed peanuts to the uh, ostriches at the zoo back when you could feed the animals? Uh, not ostriches. Oh, I don't remember feeding to ostriches, but I remember feeding them to giraffes. And they would stick okay. their tongue out. And they they, yeah, they, they knew how to put tongue. their tongue out and put that tiny curl at the end of their tongue. And they would wait while kids piled up like seven or eight peanuts at a time on their tongue. Yeah, that and was then awesome. swallow it. And you could see, because it was a big clump of peanuts, you could see it going down their throat. I um, never saw that. Yeah, on, I would, on the giraffes. I would have the giraffes just take the one peanut from me because they would wrap their tongue around it and pull it into their mouth. That was, oh. I thought that was cool. No, I yeah. remember. They, it they, was like they their, like this ele- little shelf and like their tongue was an elephant tusk. <laughs> but I do know well, that. the elephants too. You yeah, you, you could feed the get, elephants. Get it stuck. You right, feed all of them, right? Yeah, you could actually hold your hand over, and it was close enough to where the trunk could reach your hand and, and just take the it peanut from you. That was a that was a good age to be alive. I mean, a good era to yeah. be alive. Yeah, Before it was. Kids started getting ideas to do stupid stuff and feed dumb things to the giraffes and elephants, and then the zoo had to put a larger barrier. Because you could go yeah. buy. They had vending machines to buy peanuts yeah, for the purpose little, of feeding a, the animals. Like a quarter machine. You just put the quarter in and then you got some food and you could go feed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I, I mean, I can't even imagine a zoo doing that nowadays because it's so closed off. But that's how cool it was. Yeah. And I remember feeding yeah. ostriches peanuts and you could you see, see the peanut travel down, down its, its neck. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Because they're so skinny. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> kind of like Ethiopians, oh, wow. right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I should Like when they get a piece of rice that. stuck in their neck. <laughs> <laughs> Ethiopian choking on a piece of rice. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we just... We didn't care when we were kids. Things... Things were just funny. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you could tell a joke. All right, last item, and this is—I uh, don't know—they call him uh, Doctor Flatulence or something. This doctor has this video that he put out on—I guess it's on TikTok, not on YouTube—where uh, he's yeah. talking about. Uh, he's kind of like delivering the lowdown on on flatulence. Um, but one of the big things is that you shouldn't hold it in too long because it reabsorbs into your bloodstream and then chances are you just breathe the fart out of your mouth anyway. That does not happen. Uh, well, not like it comes out as a fart, but the gases themselves yeah, reabsorb into your blood and you end up breathing them out that. because the, then they get into your lungs. I don't, um, I don't believe that. I don't see why not. Cause if you hold it, cause he's, Long enough, you can't hold it, and it's like, hey, I'm coming out whether you like it or not. <laughs> I think that's well, some what of them happens. get like that. Some of them will they'll, they'll kind of like go back in for a little bit, and then you know, yeah, and like, then come and, out and again then eventually. Later. But during that time, it's like, okay, well, then it's back into your. Do intestine. you think it really reabsorbs into your body? Wouldn't? Well, why not? Why? I mean, your your various capillaries are designed. For the exchange of gases in your blood. Yeah, but not 
there, that sucks like at that because part of your colon, it's sucking water out of your food. Isn't it? Well, yeah, but gas gas will absorb anyway. All right. Well, yeah, maybe he had a whole bunch can of, uh, hold it indefinitely. He said he said 70% of the gas is produced by bacteria in the large intestine. Um, yeah. Uh, 25% is air that you swallowed and you don't burp up. Okay. If it goes through your entire system without getting reabsorbed, then well, maybe it's not going to get absorbed in doesn't. that tiny little... Huh? Maybe some does and some doesn't. How much air do you really swallow? I don't know. I try not to swallow any. Yeah. But, you know, I do drink carbonated drinks. Okay. He also says um, 99% of flatulence is non-smelly gases. And it's that 1% that makes them smelly. It's some kind of sulfur compounds. All my friends uh, make fun of me because I don't flatuate. (laughs) They, They make fun of you? Like, yeah. gee, Eric, it's been three days. <laughs> we haven't heard you fart no, they just, <laughs> No, they've never heard me. It just doesn't happen. And yet, I mean, you know, Dale, he'll clear a room. Oh, yeah, I know. He, he, he thinks it's so funny. And, like, I'll I'll kick someone out of my car for that. But, uh, or at least I used to. I don't anymore. I'm too old to care. But, uh... <clears throat> I, it's just, I, no one's ever heard me put it that way, and they make fun of me about it. Huh? But you know what? I I don't have a stinky house because of that. But you walk in some people's houses, and the house smells like that guy, that guy's flatulence. Yeah. And you can tell. Oh, okay, he's been here. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh well. <laughs> anyway, bunch of interesting uh, facts apparently Did on this guy's TikTok. Uh, show okay. Uh, Here's the thing. Did you notice that? Um, okay, the smell is caused by the bacteria, right? He didn't say the smell. He said most of the gases are caused by the bacteria, but most of those gases are non-smelly: hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and yeah. methane. And it's like but I've always assumed of like sulfurous stuff. That's probably from the bacteria, though. I've always assumed that the smell is specific to the bacteria because people have very definite smells. Yeah. That, that's it's kind of, them. It kind of shows the characteristic of their what bacteria they have in their bowels. That's what I always figured. Because, and, but here's the weird things is that usually family members smell kind of like each other. You know, no, I didn't. I've I've never noticed that, and uh, well, you've I never been up. around the Callahans very much because the Callahans <laughs> they have a very definite smell. It's like, oh no, and you know what? <laughs> and and Dale and his son has a very definite smell. Oh no, kidding! It it's passed on, but then you think, well, it it can't be genetic because it's no, a because it's the it's bacteria. a bacteria. Right. Our, well, that's, that's the thing that, that maybe it could be I genetic. Have to maybe is, is why, because I don't think different people have all that different of bacteria in their intestines. So maybe I think it's, it's something largely else. the same stuff. 
So so maybe maybe the yeah maybe the sulfury stuff comes from some other aspect of the person. Yeah, because I I'm telling you, families probably I mean it's not exact, but usually fathers and sons will smell like each other. We shouldn't maybe. be talking about this. Maybe this, this guy uh, addresses that in his TikTok uh, talk. I'm, I'm not yeah, going to go I'm watch gonna, it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Do you I'm have to hit TikTok to watch a TikTok? Really? I don't think I, so. I'm asking. I don't know. I've never done anything I don't know. on TikTok before. I don't have TikTok. I'll never get TikTok. But it's a... But is it like YouTube? A, I mean, can you just go online and watch it? I went to the video, and it looks like they've got the whole thing here. Oh, okay. Uh, so. No, it's only one minute. Oh. So maybe that's just a part of the video. I'll find out. All right. And we'll link to the video if I can find it. All right. Then uh, then, then all of our readers can, can learn about flatulence. Yeah. Okay. That's all, all I right. got. That's all you got. That's all I got. Do we have you a know what I? You know what I forgot to do is get a saint. For a but saint. I, oh. I think I can... I've got one... I've got a couple on backup that I can uh, use, maybe. Oh, we did okay. those. We did that guy. You need to. Did we do Abanub? Abanub? A B A N O U B? You know what? I can uh, find out by going to our website and seeing who's there. Uh, Podcastaboutcatholicthings.com. I don't think so. Slash. We did not Saints. talk about St. Abanub. Abanub. Okay. Yeah, we didn't. I don't see him here. Fourth okay. century martyr. So what this is St. Abanub, a child martyr. Saint A B A N O U B uh, died in early 300s in Egypt. Um, Saint Abinab was born in Egypt in a city on the Nile Delta. Uh, he was raised by Christian parents during the Diocletian persecution, but was orphaned at the age of 12. Um, he heard a priest describing the strength that they're all going to have have to have as the government kept trying to break their Christian spirit. And this inspired him uh, to become a Christian and enter into the sacraments. And mm. I think, you know, earlier it was like entering into the sacraments was a thing you did not necessarily like we do it nowadays, where it's like um, you're baptized when you're a baby, then you take communion and get confession when you're in second grade. You get confirmation when you're 13. You know, I I think there was more decision-making back then, according to what I'm reading. Mm -hmm. So he went home, and he gave away all his property, and then went uh, set off for the to go to the town of Samanud, S-A-M-A-N-N-U-D, okay. somewhere in Egypt. Uh, on his way, he had a vision of St. Michael, and he was told that he would suffer in the town that he was headed to. So he goes there, and what does he do? What do they all do? They go to the governor and confess their faith. Uh, the governor's name was Lucianus, and he insulted and made fun of the gods that the governor worshipped. So they beat him nearly to death, and uh, spilled his innards from his stomach. But he was miraculously healed by St. Michael. Boy, this is a reoccurring theme, you know. Um, I know. The next Get day, Lucianus... Get healed. 
Go get beaten again. Yeah. Yeah. Lucianus puts him on a boat set for a Threebies, an Egyptian city further south. Uh, the men on the boat and their captain hang St. Abinab upside down from the mast and take turns hitting him as they're, they're getting drunk and rowdy and stuff. Uh, as Abinab's nose begins to bleed, the entire crew was struck blind and the captain was paralyzed. They begged Abinab to pray for them and promised to become Christians if God would fix their situation. Abinab told them that they would not be healed until they reached uh, Athribis. So a strong wind carries the ship to the city, and the crew and their captain keep their words, and they, they're, they're all healed as they reach the city, and they keep their words, and they, become, they convert. Uh, mm-hmm. Together, they all go to the governor there and uh, confess their faith, and he ordered them all to be executed. Um, the governor tortured Avenus in many ways. He tied him up and set fire beneath him, but the fire kept going out. He was thrown into a pit of poisonous snakes, but none of the snakes would bite him. Uh, when he emerged from the pit, one of the snakes slithered to one of the guards and wrapped itself around the man's neck. He, the guard begs Avenub to not to let it kill him, and Avenub orders the snake to leave, which it does. And of course, many of the people in the crowd, seeing all this, are converted. Uh, finally, he was sent to Alexandria for more, even more torture, and was eventually killed. Huh. Wow. And that is Saint Avenub, uh, died in the early 300s. You know, that's we've done a few saints too that that seem to um, bring converts with them. Converts into martyrdom. Yeah. It's not like, hey, be Christian because uh, I have a good argument for it. It's like, watch me get tortured and, and then, then decide you want to be tortured me. too. <laughs> yeah. it, it was... It's so sad, the, the, the plight that we're in now. And the fact that we've lost so much of our faith. And our will, you know. And I don't mean them, I mean us. Yeah. The, um, hmm. the, um. Because the, I can't imagine me doing any think, of this don't stuff. Don't you think that, that if they had just had, I mean, that it would have been so much more successful at bringing, bringing even more converts into the church if, if back then they had been thinking about journey companions? About what? Journey companions. What do you mean? I'm talking about that document we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm being yeah, if, they had, if, if there had been more synodality. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, just think what they could have done if they, if they had been enlightened like, uh, like our modern Pope like, is. Like Pope Francis is. Uh, there would have been a lot more people converted and, uh, yeah. Well, there's some amazing stories that we keep finding. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we started doing a, a stories about yeah. saints section. Mm-hmm. But that is all we got tonight, I think. Yep. So, uh, folks, think about what we said. And as always, 
circle the beads. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone.